This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning on this Thursday. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Right or wrong, not really sure what the right thing is to do, but here's what we're going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to you about what happened in Kansas City yesterday. It is about gun violence. It is about at least one person having lost their life. It is about the things that are awful in this world and that really matter in a terrible way taking over the things that are supposed to be our escape and our joy. And then after that, we will do a sports talk radio show. So if you want one or the other, here's the deal. We're talking about what happened, the shooting that happened yesterday in Kansas City, Missouri, at the Chiefs championship parade. We'll do that at the start of the show now, and then I will tell you about the rest of the show afterwards. And I'm pretty pissed off, okay? And I don't even want to talk about this but we're going to. Here's the news. Here's the information. I'm sure you know, but if you don't, let me just tell you for those people that maybe haven't followed this or a reminder. Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl a few days ago. Yesterday in Kansas City on Grand Street. I used to live in Kansas City. Starting basically where I lived, walking to basically where I first lived when I lived there. Maybe the entire city, it looked like, showed up to celebrate the Chiefs. And instead of talking about Travis Kelsey having too much to drink and writing a bad country song about the Niners or Mahomes Joy or fans or all the kids who were there, like my son wanted to be. Now, I'm in L.A. It's not like we were going to fly him to Kansas City, but he wanted to go. I'm going to talk to you about the fact that gun violence happened again. Gunshots rang out again in this country. People ran... With their children and in fear again. And what we know is not a lot. 21 people are injured. One person that we know of has died. There are nine children who are being treated for, for gun wounds at the children's hospital there in Kansas City. We, we don't know if, if there are more kids who are hurt. We don't know if the victim, the person who has died as a child... Because the local children's hospital did release, they were they were treating nine people, and you have yet again, yet again at our schools, at our churches, at our celebrations, at our public spaces, at our public places, gun violence. And let me just tell you this: I, I'm so tired of hearing people who sit in the chair that I sit in, or friends of mine who have different views, saying they don't want to be political when things happen that are clearly requiring some sort of government action. And if you don't want to hear this, that's fine. I understand. Turn the radio off. I can't do the mealy mouth. I'm not political and every... Stop. Stop. I'm tired 
of sending my kids to school in this country and being worried about what's going to happen. I'm tired of having to decide whether I want to watch the news last night and have some real human emotion and sympathy for those poor people who have gone through this or pretend it didn't happen because it makes me so gutted and sad. And it, it shouldn't have some connection to me or to you for it to matter. It does have a connection to me. I live in Kansas City. Where that shooting happened, there's three suspects in custody. Where that shooting happened, Union Station is a train station. It's also a museum, and there's restaurants and there's stuff for kids. There's a pedestrian walk that goes over the railroad tracks there uh, to an area called the Crossroads in Kansas City where I used to live, Jack Stack, Barbecue. All I have been to that exact building. I have been to that parking lot where this happened with my children, I don't know, 20 or 30 times. And this is how out of control gun violence in this country is. And the idea that we can't talk about it, that we're supposed to come on the radio or talk to each other but pretend that guns aren't the reason people are being shot. Can you give me a break? This isn't about being political. So anyone out there who wants to start the conversation, I'm not political, but just be quiet. Just stop. Stop. It's, a, it's an excuse. Something is wrong. Something needs to be done. The people in charge should do it. That makes me political, and that makes me political. Yesterday, before, this is how common this is. Yesterday, before this shooting happened, before this went down, I went out my front door, where I got home from this radio show, I went out my front door, and I was out there just kind of hanging out, listening to music, and a buddy of mine, who works in my neighborhood, he's in construction, is in, every now and then, in the neighborhood. He lives in Santa Monica. I live in Manhattan Beach. Those are far from each other by LA standards. He walked down the street. He said, Bill, I said, Eric, and he came up. And by the way, uh, Eric and I are, are, Eric is a gun-toting member of the NRA. He is, um, he is very skilled with, with guns. He knows how to responsibly use them. He's a huge believer in the Second Amendment. Right? These, you can actually have nuanced conversations with people. And we were talking, before this shooting happened, and we were talking, and he said, did you hear what happened in my neighborhood last week? And I said, no. Now, Santa Monica, really nice area, great area. He lives in a nice house. But there, um, like in a lot of places in the country, there's a lot of people without jobs. There's a lot of people who don't have homes. There's a lot of people walking around in, in his area who, who don't have homes in that area, homeless or otherwise. And last week, a guy was sitting in his car a block from my friend's house. I guess a well-known person in the community had his headphones on, was in his car doing work, and a, a mentally ill woman allegedly walked up to him with a gun and shot him twice in the head and killed him. And so we had, my friend and I, this conversation about gun violence in America, literally this guy. And I said, well, I know, I know that you, know, you're, you, know, you have this perspective. And, and he said, no, it's got to be nuanced and it's hard. And, I, and we, just, we just had this really interesting talk, and it was about, about gun violence and about how it's common and you just never know what's going to happen. And literally an hour later, gunfire rings out in Kansas City, Missouri at, at a parade with families and people and fans trying to celebrate something beautiful for that city. I have, no, I have no sports talk for you on this topic. I have no revelation. There is no solution that I can give you that you... And I know this is why it can feel hopeless and you can feel helpless, you despair, and then we fall into this, don't take my guns away or take the guns away and or, or this politician, that politician... For those people on either side who want to make this about that side is wrong or this, shut the hell up and just have some human empathy. And by the way, this is a horrible event. Horrible. But it is not the first time 
in American history. It's not the first time this year. It's not the first time in our memories where some horrible thing has happened and people have been pissed off or angry like I am and and things haven't changed because here we are. Here we are again. The reason we're talking about it on this show today is because it happened at a major sports event. And there are moments of heroism like there always are. And by the way, I should say this. You know how you think things go without saying, but they need to be said? I love America, and I love the people in America. And maybe this makes me Pollyannish. I think most people everywhere, by the way, but certainly here in this country, are doing the best they can and doing what they can to have a good life and trying to work hard. And we, we all screw up. We all make mistakes. Most people are pretty good people. But the reason that there are laws in the land... The reason there are jails, the reason there are police officers, is because we don't live in a utopia. No matter how great your country, and we are great, no matter how wonderful the people, and there are wonderful people in Kansas City. You saw some of them tackle one of these suspects and bring him to the ground. Amazing video. That is courage. There are going to be scumbags. There are going to be bad people. There are going to be people who need to be policed and laws that need to be in place for all of us. And the idea that there should be laws that apply to the 1% of the 1% who are awful somehow means that I or you or somebody else thinks that 99% of people are awful is is a false narrative and a false idea. So here's what the conversation should be today, political or otherwise. It is past time for the people who actually set laws in this country to come up with a solution, to create scenario. When, when the mayor of Kansas City has to go to a press conference after a shooting that destroys this joyous moment, kills at least one person, injures tons of children, nine kids we know of, 21 people injured, and has to say, well, gun violence. I mean, it's, you know, it's a gun culture. That is not okay. It is not okay. That's the conclusion. That's the deal. And I don't carry guns, and I don't have a gun permit. And I, I mean, I've, I've hunted, but I'm not a gun guy. My, bro, my buddy Eric is. We may see things differently in a, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways. And not entirely, right? But on this, we were aligned even before yesterday in Kansas City. And, and you should be, too. This isn't a sports topic. It's, it's a human being topic. And the idea that, 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 the idea that if, if 20 other people had been armed, it would have stopped the situation. No, man. Guns fire very quickly. And to those one fan and then another fan joined in in the video that I've seen, I th- there might have been a third, but to that initial fan who tackled that suspect, while cops were, if you see the video, sort of peels back, there's another suspect the cops get off to the right on the frame, but in sort of left of the frame, center, far away, 1,500 yards. They tackle a person who is allegedly a shooter. That is a terrifying moment in your life. I'm fine. I was fine, but I was at a shooting at LAX a few days before Halloween several years, many years ago, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. It was awful, terrible. We all ran out of the, I've talked about it, on the tarmac. Terrifying. I just heard the gunshots, and I think one person died in that. And, and so that that fight or that that flight or, or or that fight or flight thing really is real, and so that gentleman or the two gentlemen I think they were guys who who tackled the suspect. God bless you. I mean, there are there are good people. There are so many good people in the world. That's it. That that's it. I I have no. There's no take. There's no wisdom. There's no. I'm just not going to be mealy mouthed. I'm not. I'm just not going to come on here and be well. You know. It's not okay. Something should be done. Those are called gun laws. Those are called laws. This issue is guns. It should be a gun law, period. Clearly. Clearly. How many times does someone's kid have to be buried? Do parents have to be in the hospital? I mean, how many times does this have to happen and it has to be a children's hospital that's releasing information because it's kids who are part of this? My kids obviously go to schools. My, my, 
My wife works at a school. Tom's wife works in a school. I'm not speaking for Tom, but tired of my uh, of my my loved ones coming home and saying we did do a, we did do a, a gun shooting drill and the in the the TK which is pre kindergarten kids burst into tears or my kids who are older now my daughter's older having a conversation with me about how she loves me and hopefully everything will be okay she worries about things at school this is it's ridiculous and that's the end of the segment that's it that's what I got for you and I I I by the way I know some people hate the expression thoughts and prayers but I am a prayerful person and I think that is real, and that is a part of my life. And so my actual prayers and all of our thoughts, I would hope, are with the people in Kansas City. It is awful. It is traumatic. It is wrong. It is destructive. It is a small but malignant part of our culture, and I am so sorry, even though these words mean absolutely nothing, that this is what happened at this joyous moment in Kansas City. And by the way, I'm sure for you, wherever you are, if you've never been to Kansas City, it hit you, it touched you, it affected you. I felt so much pride, you know, even though I'm not a Chiefs fan, in watching – a city that I lived in for 10 years where my kids were born, where great friends of mine still live. I felt so much pride seeing Grand Avenue and the shot where the where the parade began. Couldn't quite see it, but oh, just out of the frame, the, the loft, the condo I used to live in. Um, I, I felt so much pride as they went down the... I know that place. I've eaten that place. when they And then Union Station, I felt so much pride. Like, I took my kids there, and all that obviously turns to a very connected horror. Tired of being familiar. All right, we'll do a we'll do a sports talk radio show. Uh, we're not going to forget this happened. I'm sure it'll come up, but we will do a sports talk radio show after this next here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for Week Number One. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to Writer Than You. Was it Mark Chernoff who hated all the like the holiday analogies? I know he hated Alien Talk. Definitely hated the Alien Talk. We did some Alien Talk before we did the show, the NBA show yesterday with me and Ashley, and, and John was not feeling it. He looked so, and we said, I said, you look really put out. You look like you are an alien, and you're about to get discovered. He don't like that either. On CBS Sports Radio. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Here is what we're going to do today on the rest of the program is a sports talk radio show. Uh, in just a moment here, we'll talk about the scapegoat for the Niners. Might be a personality conflict, too, with the head coach. Uh, we'll give you a take in about 20 minutes on the Lakers and the Warriors. They each stood pat. Didn't make any changes at the trade deadline. Why, I think it'll work for one of the two teams. I don't know which one, but I think it'll work for one of the two teams. Our buddy Bryant McFadden's going to be on the show top of the next hour. 8 o'clock Pacific, 11 o'clock Eastern. Uh, BMAC was not feeling Pete Prisco yesterday. I was doing a CBS Sports HQ NBA hit, and I get to watch the hit before me, and they say, can you hear the programming? Can you see the programming? And I say, yeah, I can see uh, Prisco talking for about seven minutes in a row, and BMAC not enjoying it. And then even the anchor said, BMAC, you're making a face. So we're going to let BMAC try to get a word in edgewise, because Prisco won't be here. So then BMAC can say why, why uh, I guess, I guess, Pete's theory was the Eagles had a championship hangover, even though he started ten and one. I don't know. I'm just a listener in that case. Okay, well, let B Mac didn't love it, but I can't wait. Uh, buy or sell is coming up later in the program, and we'll uh, we'll talk about some other stuff as well. The phone number on the show is eight five five two one two four CBS. The Twitter is Sports Writer. My last name R E I T E R. Get it right than you. You know, and uh, 
at Pretty Daddy CBS for 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 Tommy. Here's um here's the deal. The Niners lost a heartbreaker, obviously, to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. We have talked about it a ton. It is worth noting, I think this is right, every time Brock Purdy walked up the field, his team had the lead. So the offense did pretty well, and really I think the defense did okay too. And this was a defense over the course of the season that was really, really good. They were, trying to do this off the top of my head, so Tom, I know Tom wrote it to me. Tom, if I get it wrong, just jump in there. Third in points allowed this season. They were fifth in takeaways this season. They did give up a lot of yards on the ground in the playoffs, but you're going to play better football teams. But this was a very, very well-run, well-executed defense. And for long stretches of the game against the Chiefs, they harassed the hell out of Patrick Mahomes. But Mahomes is magical. There's a stat I meant to bring it up yesterday. I don't have it in front of me. I did tweet it out where it goes through those scenarios in the playoffs that are considered the most pressure-packed. I think it's a minute and a half you know, or, or less or two minutes or less, and you're, you're down at least a score, and how many times quarterbacks have had the ball and led successful drives. And it's, you know, Brady had a 43% success rate, and this guy had Mahomes 7-for-7 seven seven in his career. Every time Patrick Mahomes has ever been in the most high, Tony Romo alert coming, high-leverage situation. Every time he has succeeded. That's not easy to stop. Doesn't make you a bad defense or a bad defensive coordinator, but Kyle Shanahan fired Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, yesterday. Now, remember, Wilkes has been a head coach before, not very successfully, but got to be the interim in Carolina and was pretty good. People thought he might get the job, and then he, and then he didn't. And remember, D'Amico Ryans was the defensive coordinator last year when the Niners did not make it to the Super Bowl. Now, that's because Brock Purdy got hurt, but still, and D'Amico Ryans is now the head coach of the Texans and did a really, really good job. And let me just read you. Do we have this sound, or should I just read this from the conference call? Uh, Let me just read you this. uh, Here's Kyle Shanahan. This is what it sounds like when a coach, I think it's, okay, we're going to do a little Scantron. Remember Scantron? They used to do that for the kids. I'm going to do a little Scantron test, all right? Is this A, Kyle Shanahan not liking his head coach? or his defensive coordinator, who he fire, is firing, is it B, Kyle Shanahan scapegoating Steve Wilkes, which is called the Doc Rivers, that's what we call it in the biz, or is it C, this always threw me off, is it all the above? Right, because they're like, oh, snap, all the above. Let me read it to you. Uh, quote, this is Kyle Shanahan, quote, we felt strongly that this was the decision that was best for our organization. This is him explaining Steve Wilkes, he gone. The quote continues, even though it was one I didn't want to make, it was something that once I realized that a different direction was what's best for our organization, it's something I have to do. Uh, I screwed up the test. Let me do it again. A, A, personality conflict between Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes is behind this statement. B, B, uh, he's pulling a Doc Rivers. He's scapegoating. C, he did want to do it. He enjoyed doing it. D, all of the above. Uh, the correct answer is D, all of the above. Look, you're the head coach, and you're entitled to make the decisions that you want to make. And personality conflicts, even with very talented people who are successful in whatever endeavor they're supposed to do on behalf of your organization, in this, in this case, your football team, uh, personality conflicts are a worthy reason to get rid of folks. Harmony matters. Chemistry matters. Right? I can't tell you how many times I've had to protect Tommy over here. I mean, because I think he's amazing. But he's got to stop. People think he's mean mugging them. He just isn't social. All right. I get it. I get it. I get why that can be a bit of an issue. 
But just remember the grass isn't always greener. And one of the hard things when you manage people is to manage them. That's why I don't do that anymore. But like, but you know, but for people who do, is to realize where people's foibles and shortcomings and frustrations or the things that annoy you end and like excellence begins and, and to be able to balance like no one's perfect. And I would point you to the Kansas City Chiefs who just beat Steve Wilkes and just beat Kyle Shanahan and the fact that Eric Bieniemy was a part of meetings leading to the Super Bowl who was the offensive coordinator a year ago who didn't get along with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid by most reports and most accounts, who did have a personality conflict, who brought a level of excellence that the Chiefs clearly missed. I mean, this, this happens. This happens. I mean, the, it's a good... And the other thing is, I, I know you... I understand you can't fire your defensive coordinator in the middle of your playoff run. I understand. But it's the end of the cycle. I mean... It's not, most of the coordinators have gotten jobs that are worth getting. Vic Fangio, right? He already left the Dolphins to go to the Eagles. Can you imagine Fangio as the not? But the reason it isn't something we ever talk about is because teams that make the Super Bowl don't usually fire their coordinators. Now, they lose their coordinators to jobs, and they got to go fill them, but a lot of times that's internal, and maybe that's where this is going. I feel Steve Wilkes did a, Steve Wilkes did a really good job and got a raw deal. Steve Wilkes is not the guy who decided to receive an overtime. That was Kyle Shanahan, which, by the way, I don't think was the colossal error in judgment everybody else thought that it was, but it didn't work out. doesn't mean that anybody should be fired. And, and let's also focus in on why a scapegoating situation is happening and why it reflects, I think, on Shanahan's inability to win big games. Let's go A and B here, we'll just continuing with the SAT test, which is come making a comeback, unfortunately, for all of our kids and their stress levels. There is already talk... And I don't care if, if, who was it today, Mike Lombardi? You've never been in the arena. You don't get to have an opinion. If you Shut up, Mike. And I like Mike, but, well, I, I respect Mike. Just, anybody, who, especially today, I'm not in the mood. Anybody who sends out a note that's like, you didn't do A and therefore you can't talk about B, yeah, okay, bro, this ain't the USSR. We can talk about whatever the hell we want to. We're sports fans. And the fact is that people in the media and fans, and this will trickle into NFL offices, probably actually comes from NFL offices to the fans, and then it'll make its way to pressuring ownership. There's talk about whether Kyle Shanahan should go, whether his voice isn't heard anymore. I heard it on our own our own radio station from one of our hosts, and, and entitled to that opinion. I think it's crazy talk. I think it's insanity. I think Kyle Shanahan should be the Niners coach however long he wants to be, but there is talk out there. I think it's silly, but I understand it. And I'm not going to be Mike Lombardi who says you're not allowed to have that conversation. Go look at Mike's Twitter. I could be totally overblowing this. I'm just no Mike and apology. <laughs> you know, but I don't think I am. Tommy's going to do it. There is pressure on Kyle Shanahan. And so this is a deflection that is he probably feels is necessary. Because all of a sudden, again, I think this is silly. I think it's dumb. Stupid. But people are starting to say maybe Shanahan's the problem. And while I think he is the problem, in terms of winning big games, it's hard to get to those big games. I will say this, too. His, there's a little bit of pressure on him three days after losing a Super Bowl. There's a little bit of talk about maybe it's Shanahan, so he immediately fires his defensive coordinator. It feels very panicked. It feels very overreacting. It feels very out of character, which is to say how he tends to manage his football teams in third quarters and fourth quarters of big games. I do think it reflects something. Did I get the tweet right? Am I being unfair? Good morning, uh, Tom DeCelestino. Good morning, Bill. Happy Thursday to you. I am still looking for it. I don't see it just yet. All right. I may have tarnished the man 
totally unfairly and just taking my frustration on other. Th- do you ever do that with your wife? You're just you're mad about you're mad about one thing and you're just like the dishes. I but you're would not mad. never. I would never. But you're actually not mad about the dishes. You don't care about the dishes. Uh, that happens to me almost on a daily basis. Mike, is this the is this the dishes thing? Did I do this to you? Yeah, maybe he deleted it. Maybe not. Mike, I'm sorry. You're my guy. We used to have Mike on the show. We used to. Is, it, is he the one that asked for money? Uh, I will plead the fifth on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, do you want to do you want to come on and? Uh, oh no, you want to get paid? Okay. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why poor Michael Marty's getting it today. <laughs> you look. <laughs> I don't. You know. I think Lombardi coming on the show is going to have to stay used to. Used Didn't to. he have a big falling out with um, Bill Simmons too? I mean, not that I mean, falling out a little strong here. Just, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Now that you bring that up, yeah, I'm um, I'm looking. Okay, so well, I'm gonna have to send Mike some roses. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna have to send him. Here we go. Kyle Shanahan is left with the noise from outsiders who have never been on a sideline, who have never led a team, but for some reason have the power to judge. That's what I saw that annoyed me. There you go. So I wasn't wrong. No. Justification. The power to judge. Everybody gets to make their own judgments, Mike. We're not uh, semi-automated robots that you get to program with the perspective that you want. If we were, you'd still be a GM in the National Football League. That was, all right, all right you know what? Done making fun of Mike Lombardi. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know where this came from. <laughs> Look, I I don't know to Mike's very astute point. I don't know the inner workings of the Niners organization, and I don't know. And and look, there this isn't new. Shanahan call basically threw him in front of the bus. Was that week six or seven? And where he came out publicly and criticized his defensive coordinator, not great. The best defensive player, I think Bosa is probably the best defensive player on that team. Anyway, one of the best defensive players on that team after the game said, in effect, we weren't really prepared for Mahomes' running game, which is like saying I wasn't prepared for Superman's, you know, you know how Superman can, like, turn his eyes into, into, into fire. What is it? You know what I'm saying? It's not fire. Hit me with it. Is it lasers? Lasers, thank you. O- okay, like... All right, maybe maybe like the maybe the like the bad guy consortium didn't have a conversation about the lasers, but the guy can fly. He's bulletproof. He's fast. He has laser. Like, you know, it's there. You can't prepare for everything. That's like Mahomes in his run game. All right, so if Mahomes hadn't run for that those two first downs, fourth and one, and then third and medium. I'm doing. I'm introducing medium into the into the conversation where he went up the middle and, and scrambled for 18 or 20 yards. It would have been we didn't prepare adequately for his trick plays or we didn't prepare adequately for the fact that he might throw left-handed or we didn't prepare adequately for the fact that we didn't think he'd do a triple backflip over nine guys and like look like Neo from the Matrix. So I think it's a little unfair to Steve Wilkes. And also, remember, Shanahan called a timeout in that game at the was it Was it in regulation, Tom? Overtime. Overtime, yeah, where basically he wanted to – to get his arms around, understand what his defensive coordinator Wilkes was going to do. And somebody on the broadcast made a really good point. Was it Tony Romo? Somebody made a real... No, I'm not thought Romo, Shane. No, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I believe it was Romo. Great point by Tony Romo where he said, look, this guy's already lost in a Super Bowl. He's lost in a, in a, in a big moment against the Patriots as a, as a coordinator when he was with the Falcons. He's just going to... If he's going to go down, if he's going to go down, he wants to go down knowing what's going on. But it still gave you some insight into maybe not a complete level of trust. So it's not like this relationship was perfect. Just like the relationship with me and Mike Lombardi now, right? 
Not every relationship works the way that you thought it would when it began. <laughs> and I mean, looking back, like hindsight, like it felt like the the regular season was leading up to this point. Like they, we had the whole saga. Steve Wilkes started the season in the booth. Kyle Shanahan didn't like that. On their bye week, made him come back to the field. And like I, I'm not smart enough to tell you whether that's a big deal or not. But like. It just seemed like these two guys clashed heads all season long. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I think it's I think it's Kyle Shanahan not liking the guy. I think it's Kyle Shanahan making an excuse. And and I, I can't assess whether it's right or wrong until we see who he replaces him with and, and how that how that person does. There are always people within organizations that are outstanding and excellent that we don't see and we don't understand because we can't evaluate. And maybe there's some dude that coaches the linebackers or somebody else that is going to be the perfect fit, and maybe it'll be a disaster. I will say this as a word of caution. Kyle Shanahan is a genius, and Kyle Shanahan is outstanding at what he does. And Kyle Shanahan should be the Niners coach as long as he wants to be. I say this as a Bears fan. Like, uh, heartbreak, sure, but success still part of the equation. Kyle Shanahan panics. Kyle Shanahan, at at the very brink of success, doesn't always stick with what he's done. See how many touches McCaffrey got in the second half of that game. See the Atlanta game. Kyle Shanahan overreacts under massive pressure in games. There is every reason to believe that it's possible he's doing that now outside of the game in this situation. And a little caution and a little time would make sense. The clock of fourth quarters and overtimes bests Shanahan in his career. There was no clock on this. You could have waited another day or another week, especially because this is the way the business works. You can reach it. That's a good job. You can reach out to people through intermediaries and say, hey, we're thinking if it were open. Would you? It's not like Joe Smith, who's the Ravens, whatever, is going to be, oh, all right, well, I was going to go to Boston College, but I'll stay. There was time. Didn't need to happen immediately. Don't know that it bodes well for believing Kyle Shanahan was acting with the kind of reasonable focus you need to see from him. And haven't seen late in games and maybe didn't see here. 855-212-4 CBS is the phone number. You can tweet at us at Sports Writer, Sports R-E-I-T-E-R. Yeah, yeah, J.D. Wyatt. Geez, you guys are uh, going on in on Lombardi. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not really sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Normally, I would just internalize it. Uh, Mike's fine. Did you have a pleasurable Valentine's Day? I really did. My wife and I went for a walk because I forgot to book reservations. And then I said to Lori, I'm not going to have anything to drink tonight. i got to lose some weight. And she said, as we walked by the wine store, let's get you a bottle. And we walked out of there with three. Okay? I love my wife. That's a lot of wine. And I want to ask you very yeah, quickly, did you take my advice yesterday? I know you didn't. You told us yesterday. No, you I, did don't not know, make... time, I don't know your advice. I don't ever take your advice. Okay. No, no, I'm just kidding. Give it to me. I'm an advice taker. Give it to me. What was it? You told us yesterday you did not have dinner reservations for last night. Yeah. You said you hinted at like, hey, like I'm kind of a, you know, I got an in at one of these places that I go to a lot. Yeah, yeah. We told you don't do it. Don't try to ask for a favor on Valentine's night. Okay. Did you ask for a favor? So here's the deal. Lori and I decided to go for a little romantic walk, right? Walk a little ways down, go to the Manhattan Beach Pier. There's a bookstore. She wanted to go grab a book. For her library, she's a librarian. Uh, she was dressed in, I don't know, sportsy stuff. I was in my my fancy pants. You like that? You think are sweats? The fancy pants that I know are sweats. They're not. They're they're, they're fancy, but they're also I can play tennis in them. I was in a t-shirt, and you know those stretchy, you know those like stretchy shirts that people wear. The what am I trying to say? Something fit, dry fit. Yes, yes, dry okay. fit. 
I was in a Barcelona version that basically is so green that they could see me from from space. If I got stranded on an island with a bunch of people and I wore this shirt, we, we would be we would be rescued within six hours. They would see us from the mainland. So this is what I was wearing in tennis shoes, and we walk right by the Arthur J. restaurant in Manhattan Beach, and I said to Lori, I can get us in there. We'll just walk in. So I was going to do a walk-in dressed like this, and she goes, no, let's just do leftovers. I go, we could just, we could just do it, and she said no. But I was prepared to walk in there dressed like some kind of homing beacon and demand a table. So you didn't really take my advice. Didn't even think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even hear. It was good advice. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Two NBA teams didn't make any moves to the trade deadline. The group think out there was, they're washed. Why, that could be very, very wrong after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Crystal Presti. Welcome back to Writer Than You. Here's my thing. I think jersey retirements are stupid. I think the fact that Kobe or Jordan, or Russell, or Wilt, or anybody having their jersey retired is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of anywhere. You want, like, Jackie Robinson, historic significance, cultural, social change, like a one-off? Sure. And then you get into, like, guys are pretty good. Like, like Shaq. Like, Shaq was, was great, but he's got to have his jersey retired with the magic? Didn't win anything there. What are we talking about? On CBS Sports Radio. And listening to that, I recognize that I'm also stupid. But it's how I feel. I also think the DH is such a dumb thing to do, but I guess that's kind of set in stone. Jersey retirement. It would be cool if it spread, though, right? So I always go with to insurance as an example. Like, so, like you know, like people have to wear those little name tags, Tom, at the office? Like, you know, like Stevie, Stevie Insurance? Thankfully, we don't have to wear them here. He was born for it. What if when you left, even if you got fired or you're pissed off or you did a crazy goodbye speech, after a few years they just retired. They like took your little name thing and they blew it up and they hung on the wall. And like the the ball because once the jersey's retired, right? Let's say, let's say that somebody goes into the Magic to become the GM someday. Who ha- hates Shaq? Can't take it down. It's there. I want that kind of right. Amazing. We don't have his, his like name tag or ID badge retired, but we have a nice commemorance of our old program director, Mark Chernoff, here. True. True. You see it every day right when you walk in. The Mark Chernoff break room that doesn't exist. Is that what it is? <laughs> I believe Mark Chernoff's is the newsroom. And there's newsroom. An, there's another one in remembrance of, uh, of somebody who worked in the building. Is the break room. Is the break room. Yeah. Okay. Chernoff is the newsroom. Yes. The Mark Chernoff newsroom. Yes. Why don't, I don't? Why are you naming it? I don't even. Why spend the money? Well, love Chernoff, love Mark. Uh, okay, so anyway, I I think um, yeah, I think I think Jersey, I think Jersey retirements are stupid, and I know that that is in fact stupid. I understand that that's a me thing. That's not a you thing. It's not a Shaq thing, but it is how I feel. This um, portion of the show is really fun to do. Like I really enjoy it. Uh, this portion of the show is also sponsored by the new Hyundai Tucson. Available with complimentary class-leading Blue Link Plus. Now it's easy to use your phone to control your Tucson. That's amazing, by the way. Think about that in your Tucson. Or any car that does it. What are you, James Bond? Do you remember the James Bond where he's using, you know, and, and cues like oh, it's hard, and then and then James Bond, Pierce Brosnan, just drives the car in 30 circles? Amazing. 
I'm going to really upset you right now, and I'm sorry no, in don't, advance. Just don't, just don't do it. Okay, I won't do it. You've never seen the James Bond movies? I'm not a 007 guy. What does that mean, Tom? Uh, it's just it never interests me. How many of them have you seen? None. That, that, None. Oh, my God, that is dumb. That is, that, is, that is a travesty again. I'm actually mad because it's a travesty against yourself. It That's mostly stems from, like, my dad loving these movies. Oh, loving yes. these movies. So there's some weird father-son thing? Yeah, okay. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But, it, like... You Bill, know me. You know, I, I, get, yes, something, no, I'm, I get something yeah. in my head and I just run with it for life. Yeah, that's a great way to live. That's an excellent... You get a lot of these, you know. Uh, these, yeah. the, 35 years and counting living this way. I'll say this, and I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to do it. But the, the, the current incarnation that just ended... Um, Daniel Craig, so they started over. So basically, some of the James Bonds, it's the same character, it's the same James Bond. He just, oh, it's not Sean Connery, but I guess it's the same guy. They just started over. It's like, let's reset. Let's The first one, he's not even a 007 when the, when the movie starts. They're very good, and they're worth watching. Like, they're entertaining. They blow things up. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, kissy-kissy time that you like, and you're, you know, going to 60 Seconds movies or whatever. What? Kissy, kissy time. Uh, Fast and the Furious, not kissy, Gone kissy. in 60 Seconds. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Although sorry. I do right. enjoy Gone in 60 Seconds. Gone in 60 Seconds, as I understand it, in that in that universe was, was the double A of Fast and the Furious. Like, Nick Cage didn't quite make it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But Angelino Jolie might have. I can connect those dots. Yeah. Okay. Great talk. Um... You know, we haven't done it forever, and we shouldn't. Um, we used to do, like, who beards in the others? What was the segment called? Uh, Basket Bill. Basket Bill. Eh. Ah, come on. I love that name. Larry David. It. Eh. Basket Bill. And I go with do the you, second B, capitalize it. Do you want to run it? I mean, you just said you don't like it. Yeah, I want you to feel good about you, and, and I feel bad that I, that I just... Michael Lombardi to you. I don't know why I'm mad at both of you guys. You guys didn't do anything to me. I mean, that's how I feel most days. But if you want to run it, let's let let's do it. I'm into You're it. You're very sensitive for a guy that doesn't speak to other human beings. And You've I tried made to navigate me sensitive. That. You've no. made me sensitive. No, <laughs> incorrect. I knew you before. <laughs> let's let's run it for you. Bill Ryder has the NBA takes you need to hear. This is Bass Kit. Bill. It's really hard sometimes in the NBA in particular, and not just the NBA, the NFL, all these sports we talk about. It is hard to break free of the moment to see things clearly because it's easy to be wrong and it's hard to see change. And one of those areas of change that was really possible was the idea that the Warriors or the Lakers could actually be really good pre-trade deadline, even though having not made any trades, they were sub-500 teams at the time or thereabouts. Warriors were not... Lakers were flirting with, with 500. And what we missed, and what to a degree I missed, is that, and it was Avery Johnson, my colleague, the former coach. I do I do TV work with, with, with Avery. We've had him on the show, I think, twice. Um, he's great. He pointed out, Avery and I, Avery and I covered the in-season tournament together in Vegas. The one the Lakers won. Now, you may not take it seriously, and the Lakers probably don't take it seriously, but they took it seriously in the moment. Just like when I play tennis or, or pick up basketball and guys say to me, it's not the NBA, it's not Wimbledon, I think you're a loser. I know it's not those things, but I want to win in the moment. You should too. The Lakers did that times a 1,000 because it's actually a professional tournament. And they elevated their game, as Coach pointed out, as Avery pointed out. They went to another level in that tournament. 
That is the ceiling they can accomplish. And you don't have to you don't have to imagine it. You don't have to last year the, the same Lakers team, they're actually a little bit better if Gabe Vincent comes back and they get healthy. The same team made it to the conference finals. And they're playing really good basketball right now. They beat up on the team was it Utah last night without LeBron. They're thirty and twenty six. Now they're still not playing. And the Warriors are in a similar boat. The 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 broken husk of a formerly great basketball team that is this Warriors squad was carried to and won a championship two years ago with this guy, Steph Curry, who, who in a loss to the Clippers last night scored 41 points or whatever it was. We just didn't know the, how broken the Warriors were two years ago because Steph did his Steph things. Klay Thompson can't shoot. Draymond has never been able to shoot, but isn't quite as athletic. He's really good defensively. Kamiga's come on a little bit, but they just... Andrew Wiggins has just has turned back into a pumpkin. But both of these teams have LeBron and, and Steph, respectively. Each of these teams, and especially the Lakers and, and Anthony Davis, have backups who can play Robbins. And even, like, for Super Robin fans, Robbins who... I hate this now. It's so dumb. Robbins who can become Batmans. Robin. Can we do a different... A different sidekick, please? I don't know what's going to happen, but if you could give me a bet, it probably exists, where I could get the right number that either the Lakers or the Warriors would make the conference finals, I would take that bet. I would take that bet. One of the two. And I know that they're in the play-in, and I know that a play-in is, is, is tricky, and I know there's a really good chance that they could play each other in an elimination play-in game, or at least in the, in the first one, sending the other one to another coin flip. But I don't think the Timberwolves are going to be the real deal. They can't generate offense consistently. The Thunder are really, really, really good, and they'd probably be the favorite over the Lakers or the Warriors, but they shouldn't be, just like just like Memphis shouldn't have been last year. The Thunder are younger, and that youth matters. The Clippers, all, uh, what have I been saying every day about the Clippers? They're great, but if Kawhi gets hurt, now Kawhi has this injury, we're not sure how serious it is. But it, look, if Humpty Dumpty has a piece of his, of his egg fall off, I'm going to worry, okay? He's not Humpty Dumpty, that's Anthony Davis. But you understand the point. Yeah, the Nuggets I want no, no part of. I'm not worried about the Pelicans. The Suns, I think, are super dangerous. But I think the Suns are a lot like the Lakers and the Warriors. Huge ceiling. There's a floor. And Dallas is good, but they have Kyrie Irving, so you'll beat them. So, so, And then there's the Kings, who, by the way, have the same record. They're eighth. Same record, the Kings, as where they were this time last year, when they were, I think, third. But they're obviously beatable because we saw the Warriors beat them in a seven-game series in the first round last year. I like both of those teams. Is there a close on basketball? We've done it forever. You love it, don't you? Warriors and Lakers. Stan and Pat was the right decision. They have the tools and the pieces. They'll need their stars to carry them, but it's certainly not impossible. Don't sleep on them just because of where they are in the standings. And that was Bass Kit Bill. All right, I kind of like it. Let's bring it on back. Is it coming back? Yeah, at least on a you know semi-regular basis. Right. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to sing a song. Ready? Basketball, come back. And a kind of fool could see I was wrong to not play basketball. All right, now I'm out. Now it's gone forever. We're not, we're not live, are we? It's gone forever now. We're taping this, aren't we? I'll edit it like, in post. Was, I wish I could sing, man. My grandma, my grandma Phyllis, she was an opera singer, like an amateur opera singer. My daughter can sing. I didn't get any of that. Someone once told me that I have no pitch or something, and I go, what's that? And they said, exactly. <laughs> or treble. I don't know. Uh, let's talk some football with Bryant McFadden, my colleague at CBS Sports, next here on CBS Sports Radio.
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did